Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's start with what we saw last night. In New Orleans, the uh, L.A. Lakers, fresh off a loss the night before to the Memphis Grizzlies, come into NOLA, and for the second time in about a week, they beat the the Pelicans. It was a really entertaining basketball game. As mid as as midseason NBA games go, it was a good. It gave us Zion Williamson with uh, thirty five points on just sixteen shots. He had seven rebounds. And LeBron James had a triple-double, 34 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. Did have two steals. Also had six turnovers, but a a virtuoso in terms of, for the most part, offensive basketball. Playing without Anthony Davis, he controlled everything. And they not only uh, outscored New Orleans by 10 in the fourth quarter, they held New Orleans just 19 points in the fourth quarter. Which, of course, stirs back up a conversation, which I've had several times over, about whether or not LeBron James should be the MVP. Here's the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, Alvin Gentry. I'm just amazed <laughs> that they talk about anybody other than him for MVP. You know, that's, that's what he does. Everything that he's been to, everything that he's gone, have a chance to win the championship. So, you know, to me, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the definition of MVP is, but he makes everybody on his team better, and it makes it difficult for everybody. Yeah, it makes it difficult for you to guard him. He's a great player. Um, now, Giannis has the best record. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. He has a, the best PER in history, and he's only playing, you know, 29 or so minutes a game. And so the seated MVP or the reigning MVP, the reigning MVP also has a piece of that discussion. If you combine that part of the discussion with, oh, hey, Milwaukee is 52-8, and eight, and they beat the Lakers head-to-head early this year, the Lakers are 46-13, and 13. you're making a sound argument. The Bucks are great, 
Lakers are really good. I would challenge you on this. This is I actually have this argument about Duke, about Gonzaga in their league, about Kansas. You know, Kansas has got a chance here that the uh, unanimous number one ranked team in the country in college basketball. In a year in which we struggled so mightily in college basketball, you're like just catching up. You're like, oh, it's March tournaments. Like, who's good? The narrative is there are no great teams. There are no dominant teams, which is interesting to me. I don't know what somebody's definition of dominant is, but I'm looking at Kansas who's 26 and three and think if you win 26 of your 29 games in college basketball in a major conference, isn't that dominant? Gonzaga's 29 and two Dayton's 27 and two Baylor's 25 and three San Diego state's 28 and one Kentucky's about to win the sec. They're 24 and five. Like what is your definition of dominant? <laughs> you know, go back and look. And these are pretty dominant teams. They, they may not have, the laundry list of future NBA players or NBA prospects, but but nonetheless, they're, they're still stacked and they're doing really, really well. Anyway, um, there's going to be a discussion about what seed Duke gets. Heck, you look at Kansas this week, they're number one ranked team in the country, but they still have uh, TCU at home. That should be a win. At Texas Tech, and let, let's just say they lose a game in the Big 12 tournament. They lose, you know, two of their last three games or so. And then you start to go, well, whoa, you know, how good was the Big 12? Really, they lost to Baylor at home. You know, do, do, they, do they deserve to be? I, I think Kansas is set up as one seed. Maybe Duke is a better argument. But the point is, whether it's Duke or Gonzaga or Kansas or Kentucky, when those teams come in, in college basketball, it's the biggest game of the year, whether they're good or bad, doesn't matter. And when they're good, they carry the extra weight of being who they are. And I think LeBron has that as well. Look, I'm a realist about this. I think I'm the only person who's a, a reputable broadcaster points out that while LeBron was amazing last night, one, it's a really good matchup for him. Two, New Orleans plays faster, not particularly good defensively. Don't believe me, watch last night. And three, and this is most importantly, he played great like a week ago they played New Orleans. Remember he dunks on Drew Holiday? We all made fun of Drew Holiday. Oh, no, no, it was Josh Hart. We all made fun of Josh Hart, right? Then they go and play two days later. They play in Golden State. He doesn't play because he's got a groin injury. Then they play in Memphis the night before the New Orleans games, and he was fine. 18 points, not energized. They didn't win. He wasn't great. He looked relatively disinterested, as did the rest of the team. Then last night when he wants to play... They were amazing. He was amazing. And Anthony Davis doesn't play, and he kind of makes his point a little bit. So if you want to say that, hey, Giannis, though he plays fewer minutes, brings it more often, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to say that Giannis at this point in his career is a better player, maybe better athlete, is, is harder to stop than LeBron, I'm not going to argue with you. Like when LeBron played against the Bucks. They were on the end of a long road trip, but he didn't look nearly as good as Giannis Antetokounmpo did. Just didn't. But LeBron, in addition to controlling the game, leading the team, elevating the talent around him, because this is not a great roster that he's made into a great team. LeBron carries that same weight of being Duke and Gonzaga and Kansas and Kentucky. He's the biggest show on hoops. So he's getting everybody's best shot. He's getting everybody's playoff level of play. And, and I agree with Alvin Gentry. Like if, and maybe this is, this is LeBron getting credit for putting out a fire that he started. But it is true that last year, the team at the end of last season, the team was an epic and complete disaster. Right? Jog your memory just a little bit into what happened to the Lakers at the end of last season. It wasn't just that they fell out of playoff contention. That, that's only part of the story. That's, that's just a smidget of the story. <coughs> Everybody talks about him coming back. Like, yeah, they came back, but they were, he was terrible. They were bad. Now, when they were trying to get into the playoffs, they lost to Phoenix. When they were trying to get into the playoffs, they lost to New York, the Knicks. They lost to Detroit. 
When they're trying to get in the playoffs, they fell flat on their face. They lost to New Orleans, who was tanking games and wasn't playing Anthony Davis. They lost to bad teams, Memphis as well. It was so bad that Magic Johnson announced his re- uh, resignation and no one knew it was coming and just cast a weird shadow over the entire team. And many of these pieces were there last year. Sure, they added Anthony Davis. That's a massive pickup. But think about how how Rondo, who hasn't had a great year, was relatively ineffective last season. Right? I mean, Alex Crusoe has improved because of Alex Crusoe, but also because LeBron has bought in on him. Look at their roster. It's not some star-studded roster. I would say that LeBron, in terms of the emotional and mental momentum that he has built up, the leadership that he has shown, the fact that he understands how to handle every game they play is the biggest game for the other team that season. And his ability in some select games to pick it up and carry the, carry the weight offensively, and then in most other games, facilitate, make everybody else better because that's where he is at this state in his career. If we really want to use the word valuable, Giannis is the best player on the best team. And the team is built around him, so he does have a substantial amount of tangible value to how he plays to how they play. He's like a point center who can go one-on-one, get to the basket. If you help out, kick it off. But LeBron James is a point forward who though he doesn't have the same burst he used to have, can dial it up at times. Though he's not stopping people on the ball, he's still a very clever defender and a great leader. You know, it's like a leader. I, I, I give a leadership quotient to him. So, so to me, this is just me, in terms of value, the best player is probably Giannis. But the best player doesn't always win the MVP. LeBron's been the best player before. Hasn't been the most valuable. This year, LeBron, probably not the best player, but has brought a substantial amount of value to this team. That's my argument. Right, like, if you want to do PER, like, he's not making free throws, okay. It hurts his overall scoring average. Leading the league, leading the league in assists, that's pretty amazing. <clears throat> but he's, he's specifically trying to elevate Anthony Davis and the rest of his team. And then when it's takeover time, on nights in which he has it, he takes over, and most nights he more nights than not he has had it. He doesn't have it as often as as consistently as he used to. But at seventeen years in the league, you wouldn't either. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In 2011, the Knicks were a fun, young, fairly inexpensive team. But the offseason that loomed had a likely lockout. And Mello, who had already determined he wanted to play in New York, Mello pushed for the trade to happen that year. Instead of, he could have signed as a free agent or could have been a sign-in trade. Denver got Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, the Knicks' first-round pick in 2014, the Warriors' second-round pick in 2012, the Warriors' 2013 second-round pick, and $3 million cash. Now, the Knicks got Chauncey Billups, who was washed up, eventually retired. Sheldon Williams, who was always washed up, eventually retired. Anthony Carter, I've known AC for a long time. Saddleback College, played in Hawaii, never really played for the Knicks. And Ronaldo Balkman, who, yeah, Ronaldo Balkman. In other words, they had to make the salaries work. What, what happened after that? Do you remember the Knicks of, let's say, 2012, 2013? You know, they, they never were able to get over that hump in terms of having all of the personnel that they needed. Like Danilo Gallinari is not a great player, but he's a really good player and would have been a really good fit alongside Melo to space the court. He just would have. The next year, they had Ray Felton and J.R. Smith and Tyson Chandler. If you had Danilo Gallinari to it, spaces out the floor. Remember, they end, end up getting uh, Amari Stoudemire as well, who was never the same since he came off microfracture surgery. I bring up Mello because the best Mello ever did, ever did, when he was in New York was one year, one year, one year they made a little bit of a playoff run and got to the Eastern Conference Finals, one year. And as much as that should be on Mello, a lot of that is on the fact that Mello's contract and the trade that landed them Mello so depleted the roster they could never really get back to that level. 
ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano uh, worked together on this report, a story that has the Cowboys making Dak Prescott a multi-year deal averaging $33 million a season. He's seeking to be a market setter. $33 million a season would put him behind Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jared Goff. Now, the Jared Goff thing can jump out to you and go, ho, 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 Jared Goff. Has Jared Goff played in a Super Bowl before? Yes. Has he won a road playoff game? Yes. In New Orleans, as a matter of fact. Do I think Dak Prescott is as good as Jared Goff? I, I don't. I think Jared Goff gets a little bit of a bad rap. But he did have a disappointing season after having an outstanding year the year before. But the point is this, whether or not he's better than Jared Goff or not, he's not better than Russ Wilson. He's not as good or better than Aaron Rodgers. And the, the Ben Roethlisberger thing, Ben Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls, a really good player. Is he better than Ben Roethlisberger now? Maybe. I mean, we have no idea coming off Tommy John. But when they gave him that deal, the Steelers had the number one offense in football. Right? And now they couldn't hold on to the Le'Veons and the Antonio Browns. And, and the real reason those guys left was over money. Right? That's going to be the issue here with Dak Prescott. Just because you can command top dollar doesn't mean you take top dollar. It doesn't mean you take 15. doesn't mean you take Emmett Smith's word and take 28. But $30 million a year, I think you can live on that. Otherwise, you run the risk of a Carmelo Anthony type of situation where you're not good enough on your own to simply carry a team to a championship. And in, in this particular case, the money that you will use up will so deplete the salary cap that you're not able to, are you able to hold on to Amari, Stott, Amari, Amari, um, Amari Cooper? Are you able to hold on to him? They've already told Byron Jones, we can't afford to re-sign you. All of this is because of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, which is not his fault. Hey, but Zeke's, Ezekiel Elliott's money is like 13, 14 a year. We're talking 33, 34 a year. I think he ultimately gets the money. Maybe not record-setting, bar-setting money. Let's just be honest. Is he? He's not anywhere near the vicinity of Pat Mahomes who's going to set the bar very, very high. He's not anywhere near the vicinity of Aaron Rodgers. Russ, he's not Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson's had no offensive line, multiple running backs, no name wide receivers, and he's carried the Seahawks time and again. Dak Prescott's had arguably the best running back, the best offensive line, some of the best skill position players, and can't win the division last year when everybody else is depleted? Stop it. If you want to be surrounded by dudes, sometimes you got to sacrifice. Mello wasn't willing to. He wasn't willing to wait because he didn't know what the collective bargaining agreement, if it would bring a hard cap, if it would hurt his bottom line. Wasn't willing to wait. What will Dak Prescott do? The, the answer, I don't know, but I think we're running the risk or he's running the risk of being in that Carmelo Anthony category where you get what you can get but you're going to have some regret. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So... Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. August 30th, 2018, I, did, I was guest hosting Cowherd Show, right? Is that, is that, is that accurate? I was guest hosting Cowherd Cowherd Show. And we were preparing for um, the kickoff of the 2018 season. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'll sit here remembering back. I did the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. Worst starting quarterbacks in the league. Do we have the audio of that? Okay. It was so, at the time, people thought it was so bad, let's destroy the tape. That's what happened with you, music, wasn't it? That people thought it was such a hot take, let's destroy the tape. My worst quarterbacks, I put Nick Foles number one. And people were like, you lost your mind. He's a Super Bowl MVP. And my point was, like, look, if you actually watch Nick Foles struggled his first two games. And while he was fantastic in the Super Bowl, some of that, so was Brady. Like, that was a Super Bowl where no defense was played at all. Or Malcolm Butler barely played, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, uh, the expectations for a guy who comes from nowhere to being Super Bowl MVP are so high, there's no way he'll live up to it. And he didn't. By the way, my second worst quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky. And for that entire year, I had people tell me, what an idiot, how could I? And now there's a bunch of Bears fans like, you know, you kind of had it right the whole time. There are certain things that in sports are just hard to explain. Hard to explain. It's one of the reasons that, you know, even these advanced stats where it's supposed to cut through the emotion of things, just miss it. Just miss it. 
And um, they miss that guys get hot. Guys have favorable matchups. Guys make a lucky play now and again. Like advanced analytics and stats don't take luck into account. But luck is a major, major factor. Major, major factor. So I, I the Nick Foles thing, he had one good year with Chip the rest of his career, with the exception of, you know, two or three weeks in the playoffs with the Eagles. He's been a great guy with a big arm who's a better-than-you-think athlete who's really a backup, can be spot starter. And it doesn't matter if it's the Eagles or the Rams or now the Jaguars. Everyone has shares the exact same opinion of Nick Foles because we have a large enough sample size to know this is who he is. We'll look back on the Nick Foles, is Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz argument and go, I cannot even believe I had that thought in my mind. Hey, remember when I, people actually thought that? That, 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 was a, that was a thing. That was a thing. And now it's not a thing at all. <laughs> there, was a, there was a discussion about it. I mean, look, I was, the, I, was, I was also a guy that was saying that the Cowboys should have gone back to Tony Romo during Romo's last year, Dak Prescott. Oh, that, Tony Romo was a great quarterback. Great fourth quarter quarterback. I believe that was a Super Bowl team that he left behind. But this Foles thing, we're going to look back and go, I cannot believe we had this discussion. Because Carson Wentz won this year with a bunch of practice team guys. Carson Wentz was an MVP he was going to be the MVP of the league before he got hurt. Yes, Foles was really good for the last two and a half games he played with the Eagles that season. And he's a really good spot starter. And he's a great guy. He's an incredible story. But he's not a great quarterback. It's, it's, you know what it's like? Do you remember when Isaiah Thomas was averaging 29 points a game for the Celtics? And there were people that said he's going to get a max contract. Now, regardless of the hip injury... With, which ultimately caused him to have surgery. The idea that a five foot nine guard that can't guard anybody, like he's, he can't, you can't hide him. You can't, it's so hard to hide one guy. You got to be so good. And my point about Kyrie working with the Celtics was look, if Brad Stevens can, can help Isaiah Thomas average like 29 a game, what can you do with Kyrie Irving, who's a bigger, much better player? whether it's emotion or rewards or us not taking into account luck and a hot hand and the right matchup, whatever it is, Nick Foles is the complete embodiment of sample size was just not big enough. Once we've had a larger one, you realize Jacksonville has been duped. They've been, they've been had. It's Linsanity. It's, it's, it's Linsanity. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something... I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome him in as, uh, man, this is perfect, absolutely perfect time to have Bruce Feldman on, um, who, of course, we, we look, we just get done with, with the combine, Bruce, and um, I feel like this is one of those times where we start to realize that as much as we all love to take shots at the SEC, it does still feel, still feel like uh, the SEC has the greatest depth of uh, of athletic talent, no? No, definitely. Look, you sit on signing day, and it, for the most part, it definitely carries over throughout the course of that. I mean, obviously, there's there's some curveballs in there, but even think, look at it this way: there's a there's a Division two player from a small school in North Carolina, Kyle Duggar. He's an Atlanta kid from the SEC footprint. He's probably going to be a first round. He's a first round talent. Just blew up the combine. I mean, that's what's in that SEC footprint. There's just so much talent there. And a lot of those kids are drawn to it, and they're they're well coached, and, and that's what we see becomes the the end product. Bruce Feldman joining us. Uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author, and of course, you can check out uh, his latest QB book out, the QB, which is out on paperback. I have that. I've read it actually two times over. It talks about Nick Foles was in that book. I think he was on the cover of. of of the book, actually, I pointed out that I love Foles. I know him a little bit as a guy, um, but but that was that was like the, one of the great hot hands in sports. What he's been the rest of his career is more who he is. Is that fair? Yeah, probably. I mean, look, he's he's a very reliable, uh, smart guy who's a little more athletic than probably people expect given his size and he, it's interesting that a lot of the times he was a kid who bounced around commitment wise in the recruiting process and so oftentimes those guys you know back then wouldn't always pan out obviously he has he has flourished in there and he when the stage and the spotlight was the brightest 
he responded well, and I think that's a credit to him. And, and I, I remember uh, meeting him for the first time when I worked on my recruiting book, Meat Market, a long time ago. And I was just very impressed at the lack of entitlement that he had when so many other quarterbacks seemed to be drowning in it. He was just pretty self-aware and pretty selfless. And it sounds like just from knowing people who have been around him, after he's quote-unquote made it, he is as grounded and, and focused as, as anybody. Bruce Feldman joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. If you go to The Athletic or you follow Bruce on uh, Twitter, he'll take you to The Athletic where he has his freaks list, the 10 players whose performances were the talk of the combine. Um, who are the most notable? Let's, let's start with Jonathan Taylor, okay? Because we think of Wisconsin running backs and there have been some exceptions. You know, Melvin Gordon had an outstanding year two years ago. Obviously, the holdout this year kind of hurt him. But there have been up and down in terms of Wisconsin running backs. <coughs> James White had great production with the Patriots, more of a pass catcher, part of that Russell Wilson's unbelievable backfield behind him. How, how did Jonathan Taylor uh, fare in, uh, in terms of the freaks of the NFL industry? He very well. I mean, he was the guy that was number five on my overall freaks list last summer. was 4'3 guy, they said, at 220 pounds. He was 226. It was the only running back, fast running back in Indy, ran 4.39. People love him when they're around him. I can speak to this one. When he was a true freshman, we did one of the Wisconsin games. It was in our, in our production meetings. He's just a delightful, engaging kid who turned down Ivy League schools, uh, could have gone to Harvard, ended up going to Wisconsin, had a great career there. I think he will be a big-time NFL player. I mean, he's physical. He's very fast. The only concern that I think people had with him a little bit was in his career at times he's had some issues with ball security. Now he carries it a lot. He's the focus of the offense, but that that was it. But other than that, I mean, character is exemplary, super explosive kid, legit track kid who backed it up this week in Indy. Uh, no one backed it up like Henry Ruggs. G- give us some perspective. The, the talented wide receiver. I mean, I saw a video of him in playing basketball. I mean, this guy is an absolute, is he the most freakish freak of, uh, of the combine? Uh, when it comes to basketball. Yeah. I mean, I I watched that highlight film too. And you watch him on the field. His game speed is insane. I mean, there is a clip of him. Anybody can, can Google this or, you know, I linked to it in my story. Uh, it's an interception against Tennessee and he just comes. And the way I would describe it is he basically eisens this, this guy who's an SEC defensive back and just closes. It's like watching Rich Eisen get overtaken by all these guys who are way faster. I mean, Henry Ruggs does that to a guy who's probably a four, six guy. I mean, it's just remarkable. Now there, honestly, there were bigger freaks there because we're talking about the thing that really shined was you had some 300 pounders who are running like what you would expect. 225, 230 pound guys. That's how they're, that's how explosive Tristan Wirth's offensive tackle from Iowa. Insane numbers at 320 pounds, runs in the four eights, vertical jumps 36 and a half inches. Neville Gallimore, a 305-pound off a defensive lineman from OU, runs 479. I mean, it's just insane. And then you get, you know, the other one that really wowed people was Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons, almost 240 pounds, runs 439, and at broad jumps 11 feet. I mean, it's crazy what, what these kids can do now. Bruce, Bruce Feldman. Okay. So Bruce, who, if those are the freaks who hurt themselves the most based on their athletic performance? Um, you know, there's, there's little things. I, I think if you look back to some of the early mock drafts from last, you know, last off season, there was a lot of people talking about Jake Fromm as a top 10 pick. That's not going to happen. I mean, he's he's a very bright quarterback who I'm told did very well in the interview sessions, but physically the on-field stuff was pretty underwhelming. And I don't think they expected him to wow people with his arm, but it was just very limited. And I think when they saw that relative to some of the other quarterbacks, I, mean, I think there's still a decent chance he could go late, in the, you know, somewhere late in the second round or probably the third round. But considering where the hype was about Jake Fromm going into this year, and keep in mind, uh, he was the guy that started over Justin Fields, who's not in this draft, but probably is going to be a first-round pick next year over at Ohio State. And Jacob Eason, who does have the big arm, but probably doesn't have some of the same uh, intangible qualities Jake Fromm has. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Like, 
uh, from, and he, he did take a chance by throwing at the combine. And when you don't have the top prospects throwing at the combine, it's a chance to put your skills on display, but his weaknesses were exposed, especially the deep ball and the crispness of, uh, of his throws, which I think a lot of people thought was going to happen. I'll only defend him in terms of, of, uh, of winning the Georgia job over Justin Fields at this. And, and you know this because you've covered college football for over a quarter century and you know the inside outs of everything. Like This is like JT Barrett. Like JT Barrett's not a better NFL quarterback than any of the guys, than, than Joe Burrow. He's not. But for what Ohio State did, and when you're the incumbent, it's really, really hard to be beaten out. It is, and I think so much of it where what kind of offense are you running and everything, I think that was a big, big uh, positive in terms of just reliability and, and the savvy that you're looking for in terms of leadership skills. Look, I could see him in, the, in somebody's quarterback room for a while because I think you know what you're getting with him. And so I, I think there's going to be some teams that are going to really like him from a cerebral quality. I just think that in terms of some of the, you know, you're going to hear that, that draft board upside, I think there's just a lot when you talk to, to, to quarterback coaches around the league and watch it, like, well, it was really limited. And I think they were a little surprised by that, even though the film probably would have, would have dictated that. And again, I think, um, I think we get caught, sucked into so much of the advanced hype on somebody saying a year ago, this guy's going to be the number three or number eight pick in the draft. The NFL people usually don't spend that much time studying these guys until they have to. And so I think that's where sometimes it's, un, it's unfortunate that it gets skewed a little bit like that. Yeah, it, it's interesting because um, there is, there'll be a narrative of some people saying, well, that's why you don't go back to college but like I, I mean, I college doesn't do anything more than expose who you are, right? Like there's nothing added opportunity. There's plenty of stories, especially quarterbacks who have gone back to school for another year and have improved or simply solidified their draft stock. It's just yes, there there is the um, who am I thinking? I mean, there's the Matt Barkley, right? There's the Matt Barkley who had been the some supposedly number one overall pick and he dropped, I think, the ten or something like that. But no, Matt Barkley, I mean, no, Matt Liner dropped. Um, to around there, but Matt Barkley was not. A, he, I want to say, it was like a third or fourth, the you're, Eagles, you're right. maybe in the third or fourth round. Now, what I don't know, and I, you know, really like Matt Barkley. You know, I think he's a really smart guy, and he's he's still in the league. He's the backup with the Bills. I wonder if the people who actually do the real drafting and the NFL personnel people, if they really ever looked at him that way, because I don't think they studied him that hard, and if they thought, okay. He has an arm of a first-round talent. I don't know if, they, if if that would have been the real evaluation. It was just a lot of the people who are, quote-unquote, in my business or where they're just sports writers or people in the mock draft business. I'm not sure how much we really, really know when it comes to what the NFL looks for. We can tell you who's fast. We can tell you who's big. We can do some of the, some of the measurable stuff. But in terms of, of that, I think people saw Matt Barkley was – He'd beaten Ohio State when he was a freshman and, and done some really good things on the field. And he was a very visible player and personality-wise, he was very engaging. There was a lot of stuff where it felt like, hey, he's the next one in this pipeline of, you know, whether Carson Palmer and, and Matt Weiner. But so, so, you know, sometimes I think the mock draft stuff, when it's way out the year before, that's the time when I think, you know, we get it wrong and it probably puts these guys in a, in a kind of a, you know, in a weird place. I would also point out, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Bruce, but like take Matt Barkley and the drop, and I know he's you know still in the league, or Matt Leinart, and yeah, they may have dropped, but oftentimes it gives teams a greater chance to evaluate, and they're actually getting it right. You know, it's like God, you know, God bless the idea of guys going out before they can figure out you're not that good, but neither of them were that good. Well, I think there is definitely a part of getting picked apart and the nitpick capacity nitpicking of this i think also when you, what happens is when some of these some of these uh uh evaluations happen i'm not sure how thorough they are when a player sends in his evaluation i mean lsu has patrick queen who really at the beginning of the year nobody was was raving about him he wasn't projected to be a star of the defense by the end of the year now they knew he was athletic and he was he could run by the end of the year, he blossomed into an all-American caliber player, and I suspect he's going to be a first-round pick. 
I don't think when the NFL people evaluated him, even these official people who did it, I don't think they looked at him as a first-round pick. He was a go-back-to-school guy in their eyes. And so it's a real moving target. And I also think so much of this stuff is the system they go into, the support they get, and all that other stuff. I mean, the guys who could thrive in whatever they're in, you know, there's like the Aaron Rodgers and there's a handful of other guys who are like, they'll be great no matter what they pretty much as long as they're healthy. But then there's a there's a bunch of others, which I feel like is a big chunk of this, where they could be solid NFL players, or if they go into not a less than ideal situation, they could be cut in two years or three years just because you know, maybe they don't respond very well to what they're being asked of them. Awesome stuff. Bruce Feldman, follow him on social media, on Twitter. Uh, read his work in The Athletic or pick up his book, The QB, which, of course, is available on paperback. It's a New York Times bestseller. Bruce, outstanding stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Doug. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.